let's, let's get into this uh, this series here. Uh, and the series is Thriving in Chaos. The, the title of my message today is Essential Qualities. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to uh, help us to focus on what God wants to say to us this day. Spirit of God, you've been sent to come alongside of us, to direct us, to encourage us, to teach us, bring our minds into captivity. Let us focus on what the Spirit is saying to the church in this chaotic time. And what you're saying not to just the whole body, but to us as an individual. And let it come forth great through our God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Yes. I love praying. <laughs> Have you ever been, uh, remember going to school and, and going to school, the, the teacher would say, okay, students, Close your books. I have a pop quiz to give to you. You weren't ready for it. No one really likes to be tested when they're not prepared. And most people, they, they really don't like to be tested when they are prepared. Who likes to have a test? But the truth of the matter is that everyone and everything needs to be tested at one point or the other. For instance, Several years ago, I, um, uh, when I was cutting my lawn, well, I wasn't cutting my lawn, and, and the grass kind of turned into a mini forest. And so I got this lawnmower, and, and that it, it, the lawnmower says it could cut anything. And so I think, great, I'm going to get through this thing without any difficulties. I started the, the lawnmower up and started to cut the grass or the weeds treated it actually and and it didn't do the job. I was a little bit confused so so I went back to the dealership and I said wait a minute on the box it says it could do this, that, and another thing. But it couldn't do any of them. And, and that individual knew that make of that lumber very well and goes, oh well well the problem is is that it never really was tested to do all those things. And, and the thing that's just kind of blew my mind was that how in the world could they sell such a mower under a false pretense? See, it looked like a mower. It sounded like a mower. It was promoted like a mower. <laughs> and it sold as a mower. But in all actuality, it was a counterfeit mower. I, I say all that is that in the society in which we are living in, in the midst of all this chaos, if we are going to thrive in all this chaos, we need the real deal faith. Not a fake faith, not a counterfeit faith, but a faith that has been tested and proven by its maker to do everything that we have been created to do. See, the truth of the matter is, we subconsciously, well, we, uh, we want a untested faith. Why? Because sometimes it's just too challenging to have a faith that is tested in, in one way or another. There are those who want to look like uh, they have this genuine faith. 
they carry this label of a Christian. And, and they, they even uh, have this moral code of ethics in which they live by. And, and then they really spout out some, some Christianese. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. I love those statements. But just because I say them doesn't mean I'm the real deal or my faith is the real deal. I could make sounds up like a tramp, but doesn't mean I'm a tramp. See, as we study in, in Daniel, the, the counterfeit faith in his day and age was rampant during those times. They, they had this, they thought, well, we have this physical heirs of Abraham that was passed on to them. And they thought because they had that physical heirs that they had that spiritual heir of God as well. They, they maintained that, that they were circumcised. They participated in the most safe um, sacrifices. And, and here's the big thing that they could trace back the lineage to Abraham and Sarah, and they thought that it automatically gave them a rightful heir to all God's promises. But sadly, many of them were Jews in name only. Their heart was so far away from God. They bore the label without the reality of ever being tested in the faith. Now, if we're going to thrive in this chaos, we have to have a faith that is the real deal. We can't take the path of the least resistance. We can't trust in our own righteousness, hoping that God would grade us on the curve, just as long as I'm a little bit better than the person next door sitting beside me or the person that I work with. Oh, well, maybe uh, we can't even lean on our own understanding, hoping that, well, Jesus is just our uh, cosmic uh, consultant. We can't make the Bible as though it is a self-help guidebook, as long as it makes sense to me and doesn't cost me too much. What, what all this is saying is that a counterfeit faith that has not been proven and tested, well, is dead. In fact, here's the problem with that, is that a counterfeit faith is very deceptive. It's, it's like a fool's gold. It looks real. And it, maybe we think it's real, but the truth of the matter is that it is absolutely worthless and useless. Because, well, it's fake. Now, here's, here's the thing that, that I want us to understand, that that counterfeit faith the consequences of it is, well, it could be horrific. The only way, the only way for the genuineness of our faith to be affirmed, it, its weakness to be revealed, and its bankruptcy to be exposed, is that that faith, well, goes through a testing period. 
We, uh, what we don't expect, though, in that testing period at our dismay or even at our shock, is sometimes that testing period can be very difficult, and even there could be some suffering in the midst of it. Those in Daniel's times were sure that they themselves, that they were immune from such testing. You know, here's what we don't want to hear, and it is this, that the testing actually prepares us for battle. Did you hear that? That the testing actually prepares us for battle. We don't want to go into that warfare of the dailyness of our lives, that in all this chaos, that is trying to bring confusion and discord in a society without being prepared. Daniel was tested in the chaos of Babylon. And, and it's still the same today, my friend, is that God is still testing us in the midst of this chaos because he wants you to be prepared. There's no way around this. There's, it's just the way it is. We need to be tested. It's through the testing that God has chosen to prepare us for that battle. Well, so let's put on the armor of God. We're about to enter into warfare. Despite the fierceness, though, of this fierceness, of this warfare, this battle that well, we still have reason to hope. Though there's sometimes we are pushed to the limits, but I want you to understand that we're never pushed over the limit. Here's a promise of God because his scripture, his word speaks to us in this. He tells us that in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Can I repeat that? God is faithful. Well, would you say that out loud with me the third time? God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. It doesn't mean that it's going to be removed, that you could endure it. You're going to get through it. Because why? God is faithful. Now, I'm going to begin to talk to you about four qualities that we can't survive without in the heat of the battle and chaos of this world. During this pandemic, we hear a whole lot about essential workers. These are essential qualities that we're going to be speaking of. And I know that I'm not going to get through all four of these today. We'll get to the rest of them next week because I really want us to be prepared for battle. See, I can't even begin to list of all the essential workers that we have working out there in our society during this pandemic. Even as simple as, as that 16-year-old that 
clerk at the grocery store who is putting your groceries in the bag. They are considered essential because they are part of helping put food upon your table. We, have, we really recognize that those amazing people who are those essential workers, those heroes working in the hospitals. Because you see, in those buildings, they are saving lives. They are doing everything they can at the risk of their own life to be able to bring, well, healing and others. Well, as your pastor, let me tell you something, that I have a responsibility to prepare you for the battle of your life. Because Satan wants to do everything he can to be able to discourage, distract, well, to destroy you. And here's, here's what I know that I really don't believe that, that God has created this, this chaos of uh, this pandemic. Some people proclaim that and they say that we need to God to get our attention. I don't believe that, but I do believe that Satan uses it to be able to get us distracted and off focus of what God wants to do. See, in, in these four essential qualities, we will take you through that spiritual boot camp and building the, well, can I say the immune system of our faith, building our lives and our characters so that we will be prepared for battle or warfare, to be able to have that essential quality, to be able to thrive in the chaos, so let's talk about these essential qualities. We need to be able to thrive in this chaos of the world. So are you ready? If you have someone there with you, look at them and say, hey, uh, you're ready, this is for you. Or if there is no one there with you, say to yourself, uh, self, this is for you. That kind of reminds me, is several years ago that that I had when one of my heart attacks, I even hate saying that, one of my heart attacks, that trio. God is faithful, church. I am doing very, very well. But, but in that heart attack, I felt my the, the, the pain in my chest, so I take a nitroglycerin, and you take that, and it opens up your, your veins, and it gets the blood flowing better, and, and then that could resolve the pain, and everything's fine. But, but if it doesn't work, after five minutes, you can take another one. And then you're, you're allowed to take up to three of them for 15 minutes. Well, I did that. And in that 15 minutes, what happened was after that third one, nothing happened. The pain was still there. And I literally said, Tom, you're in trouble. Well, what I'm saying to you this morning, it's not that you're in trouble. I'm saying this is for you. Maybe that if you don't pay attention, if you don't focus on this, if you don't hear what the Spirit of, of the Lord is saying to the church, you are in trouble. So the very first thing that I want to talk to you about is that first essential quality is obedience. Obedience is an essential trait of discipleship. 
in, in Acts, the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 10. Listen to this. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way um, from birth, and he had never, never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, and he saw that he had faith to be healed and called out. He said, stand up on your feet. And at that, that man jumped up and began to walk. You know, I, I find that intriguing, not just in the miracle itself, but, but Paul noticed this man, and, and, and he didn't say this. He says, he didn't say, okay, I noticed that what you're going through. People are talking about you because they know that you've been here all your life. So let's pray. Let's let's form a unity around you. Let's come in agreement and let's begin to pray for God's healing touch upon your life. He didn't do that. Why? Because he was already prayed up. And because he was already prayed up, he spoke that word of faith. You see, when, when Paul went into that city, he, he didn't gather together some of the people and say, let's go to the chamber of commerce here in the city and see how it's laid out and then we're going to divide it into squares and, and then we're going to create an evangelism system to reach all these people, which, which is not bad. It sounds good. But see, what is actually better is that he went into that city, prayed out, plans without prayer, it's just wishes. It's, it's just something that we want to do. But when we bring prayer into, well, the game plan, then it's the A game. God has something for us. And, well, he had a plan for them. You know, I'm sure that, that they weren't sure what was going to happen when they went into this city. As Paul was preaching, he probably was there for several days and sitting in that marketplace was this man who was lame from birth and that evidently that he probably was well known because he was there and he was a man as an adult, he was always there begging for help. He heard what Paul said and he believed what Paul declared about the power of Jesus and the mighty Son of God. Paul looked at him. I love you. Paul looked at him. And he discerned. He saw the faith in his eyes. And so, what he did by being led by the Spirit, he said to him, Stand up on your feet. And that lame man, though he had never walked, that he stood up and he obeyed. He had faith enough to try. And at that moment, he began to obey the body, the power of God gave him the power to stand up. You see, he could have said, well, whoa, Paul, Paul, listen, I haven't been here since birth, I have never walked. My legs is like chicken legs. It's just bones. There's nothing there. There's no muscle. 
is that I have never stood. You are asking me to do something that it says action absolutely impossible. There was no discussion. There was no debating on the issues. There was no dialogue about the impossibilities of him ever being able to walk or, or, or not walk and all these things. Is that he just heard the word spoken and Paul said, stand up. And when he obeyed, out of that, that willingness to obey, God gave him power to stand. That's exactly what the way that the Christian life worked in this chaotic world. It really doesn't make a difference whether the problem is physical or emotional or spiritual or financial. You are going to be held in bondage until you begin to obey the word of God. You hear that? You are going to be held in bondage until you begin to obey the word of God. When you make that effort to obey, God will set you free. But listen very carefully, my friend. God will never move until you obey. This morning, early this morning as I was praying over this message. The Spirit of the Lord just washed right over me. And at that moment, he said something to me that I want to relate to. And I don't say this um, flippantly. I say this is that he spoke into my heart and said, there's going to be people there's going to be couples listening to this marriage that needs healing in that relationship. And he spoke into my heart and he says, and if you begin to obey what I'm asking you in the word of God, I will bring healing into this marriage. I want you to understand something, folks, is that when God speaks that kind of thing into people's lives, I, I, I really don't care how chaotic that marriage might be. I have seen marriages where the wife and the husband both have had affairs and seen those marriages, the healing of God, saving grace upon them, and how they were able to forgive each other which seems absolutely impossible, but they were able to do that because it was a work of the Spirit. And when they began to obey the Word of God, there came that absolute, well, restoration in their lives. Wow. That excites me when I begin to see what God is able to do. Now, that is faith. Uh, well, most people are kept from uh, seeing God work in their lives because they keep waiting. You hear that? They keep waiting for God to do something in order for them to believe. Well, it just doesn't work that way. He has already done everything that he could possibly do, what he needs to do. And he says, now I just want you to walk in obedience. 
trust in what I'm doing. See, the miracle, the miracle of this powerful parable of, of this, well, this man. Well, I believe this is he was spiritually as well. He was unable to take the step towards God, and sometimes we are unable to take the step towards God. But he was set free because of that essential quality of obedience. And what happened? That just cracked that city right open. People began to see what God can do in someone's life, in their lives. I believe, church, in this crazy, chaotic season, we're going to be able to thrive because people are going to see what God is able to do that we never thought was possible. Salvation for our families, our marriages here, the prodigal children returning. Boy, why hear an amen on all those things? And what has happened in this pandemic time, this chaotic time, is that we get in a mindset that there is so much chaos going out there that we don't trust anybody. And that seeps over into our faith that we're in that mindset that, that I'm not even going to trust God because I'm holding on to everything that I have. God is saying, I want you to let loose and let me have the freedom what I can bring into your life. Let's get real. When those things are taken away from us, times we just want to hold on to what we have and we're not open for anything else. Can I speak to your senior adults? I know that, that this crazy season has brought into your life some real great concerns. Maybe it's because of your health issues. Or maybe is that because you can't do what you used to do. Or maybe you are that widow or widower that you feel that you're all alone and that you feel that you're lost. I want you to know, church, is that when you walk in obedience, God is ready to do something in your life. To rise up. Trust in him. Walk according to his word. Married couples. I believe that God wants to bring not just restoration, but I, want, I believe that God wants to bring the best that you could have in the chaos of this season in your marriage. Single adult. You may be that single adult who is well divorced or never married. You're not alone. God has a purpose and plan for your life in the chaos of this season. Walk in obedience. Students, it is confusing. It's confusing to us adults, let alone you as a student, you're wondering what in the world could you do? You're separated from all your friends, your school, your sports, your extracurricular activities, and you're just confused. God wants to bring order in your life. He wants to bring obedience in your life. God is trusting. Well, I want you to trust in what God has for you. Pastor, Pastor Steve has some incredible things that he's bringing your way in camp at a boxes called. Get ready to be a part of that. And children, in the purity of your walk, God has a plan for your life. I believe that our kids, our children, should be a part of the way of the revival 
coming into the church because they have that, um, that pure faith and trust in God. So here it is, my friend. God has a purpose in your life. He can provide the water. He can equip you to become that water walker. He can bring rain through that dryness of the desert, that famine. He can calm the storm, and he can pour out, well, that rain, that latter rain of the Spirit upon your life when you walk in obedience. Let's do this together. And in that, let's see how you can absolutely thrive in this essential thing.